although the word philanthropy can sound kind of lofty, the way we see it is really any regular giving can become part of a multi-year plan and financial plan and for many clients, even part of their legacies. Welcome to Be Giving, a podcast from Foundation Source, the nation's largest provider of foundation management services and a trusted source for philanthropic expertise. In each episode, we'll hear from notable experts, where we engage in conversations about personal perspectives, experiences, and thoughts on the most important issues shaping the philanthropic space. Let's dive into the world of charitable giving right here on Be Giving. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of our podcast, Be Giving. Our guest is Shilpa Andalkar, Wealth Manager at Ensemble Capital. Ensemble is known for the priority it places on philanthropy and its role in wealth planning. Shilpa is a leading voice on this front and we are eager to hear from her today. Shilpa, welcome. Really looking forward to our conversation. I'm delighted to be here, Elizabeth. Um, thanks for having me and excited to also talk about the intersections between finance and philanthropy. Fantastic. Let's get started. First, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about Ensemble Capital. Yeah, thank you for inviting me to share. So Ensemble Capital Management manages about $1.4 billion in assets for about 240 client relationships. And about a quarter of that business really centers around philanthropy, whether that's managing a family foundation, endowment, donor advice fund, program fund, or other charitable account. That's a terrific percentage or, or proportion of your client base. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how Ensemble came to integrate philanthropy as, as much as you do today. Being a wealth manager and an investment professional, so we do our work over time. You know, there's a time horizon to what we do. And so an individual or family may naturally just take a perspective of a narrow window of, a, of one tax year, but we're really interested in wealth generation over time and giving similarly as not just confined to one year. And that's for regular givers or those who are ch um, have charitable intentions. So although the word philanthropy can sound kind of lofty, the way we see it is really any regular giving can become part of a multi-year plan and financial plan and for many clients, even part of their legacy. So the same way that any financial advisor by standard practice is going to talk about retirement accounts and have different account types set up and set, set up different saving plan. We, we believe this is a, a standard um, practice or that we, there's no minimum threshold really to talk about things that donors want to do, whether that's they're just their annual giving at $10,000 or $50,000 or structured giving at levels above that. And, and we really want to unify the charitable objectives um, in a more strategic way. That's great. I wonder if you could talk about who your audience is, who are some of the key stakeholders for Ensemble Capital and these rich conversations that you're having? Sure. So one model that I like to kind of provide, and certainly not to oversimplify, but just to give context, someone in the accumulation phase of life, earning, generating income, for every dollar that comes in, there are really four possible end destinations. It can be spent, be saved, and we would say invested, um, give it away, or send it on into the government in the form of taxes. And so a lot of financial planning is really balancing that save and spend and tax coordination, but donating is one of your end reaches, and it's a significant slice of what's available and often what people are already 
doing. So, um, so when someone has stock options or low tax cost, uh, highly appreciated assets, really inquire about the inclination for charitable giving or introduce the concepts to them to help them with what to donate, what to sell and the timing of that. And again, building that into a long-term plan. Um, yeah. In many ways, you've, you've already referenced this, but you know, for our audience, I'm wondering if you can further break down when and where philanthropy comes into the conversation. Are there certain entry points that you see, uh, perhaps commonly, perhaps not, where, where it's the right moment to bring up the topic? That's a, that's a great, uh, great question. So yeah, I mentioned someone who's in the accumulation phase. It would also come up for someone in a spend down phase. So we'd be putting together long-term planning, financial projections. And at that point, looking ahead, as we're building these projections for an individual or family, often we're conversing about ranges of potential surplus and arrive at a kind of similar discussion of opportunities after asking what's important here, how much is enough, you know, for you personally, what kind of safety net do you want to have? And kind of going back to my framework, the four ways, this applies in someone in a spend down phase too. So we're happy to encourage people to spend more if they have healthy buffers, but often they want to leave for descendants or they want to leave for charity, or again, otherwise it will be left often to the government in terms of estate transfer taxes. So although our primary driver isn't the tax piece, uh, we want to leverage just smart ways to do that. So, uh, so tax conversations would be a place where that this would come up, but really again, with a focus on the charitable work and just being smart um, and, and, and of course not, not wasteful in terms of the, the tax side of it. Just again, that charity is a significant element of what's available. So can come up um, the beginning of someone's journey or as they're later on in their journey. And what we're doing is really synthesizing that financial plan, investment plan and charitable plan. One of the things I really appreciate about your approach is that it seems like you, you do know what some of those openings might be. And it could be a conversation about tax. It could be a liquidity event. It could be age and succession planning, um, and that you you seem to be so well equipped to bring all of that, bring all of your experience to bear and to, to use that opening as a, an avenue towards a conversation about purpose, you know, something much, much bigger and purpose and intent and, and goals. And I, I really appreciate that. A, a different side of the conversation is, I wonder if it's ever a tough sell to talk about philanthropy. What might the barriers be in, in the minds of, of your uh, clients and, and your audience? Yeah, great question. So this has, has really been ingrained in Ensemble Capital's work going back over 20 years now um, to our original founder and um, and when our now now CEO Sean Standard Stockton was brought, you know, came on as partner. So over the years, we've we found it's it's not a tough sell in the way that you know you, you use that term uh, and you use the term purpose. And we found that the expertise came out of stocks and investments and the market. And in talking about those things, it's it's often a uh, a really natural 
conversation to talk about purpose. So what can be challenging for someone maybe further on in their, in their um, wealth accumulation is potentially requiring different idea generation, just different contexts or resources to get to that next step. So just to give an example of that, I work with a few clients who are single and don't happen to have heirs, but do also have a strong desire to give back. And so where they can get stuck perhaps is just um, that envisioning that charitable legacy and, and how to spell that out and who the, who's going to help execute that. Um, Cause that's, that's not what, what we can do as financial planners, but we can help them build that out. That's a really interesting thought that you have people that are really interested in giving and, and willing, and sometimes they, they just don't know how it sounds like that they may be experts in their fields. They, they are the wealth creators and they're, they know their businesses inside and out, but they may not know this new field. It sounds like I'm curious, you know, how ensemble approaches the conversation of why, you know, why philanthropy, when you bring it up, what is, what is your argument for why it's important? So a couple of things um, come to mind on that. So one, it's an opportunity to often expand and magnify impact. So an example, a very, uh, a family that approached us with very highly appreciated family stock that's been held for a long time. And what they have been doing has just selling that stock, you know, 5% per year to fund their lifestyle. And we talked about, you know, the opportunity to instead seed something like a charitable remainder trust with a larger level of shares of the stock with the benefit, dual benefit of increasing their own income for their lifestyle and leaving to, you know, their treasured charities, as well as reducing those tax considerations for the eventual estate. So it was like a win, win, win. And then also I would say just the opportunity to deepen. So we don't ask, you know, where someone gives or expect that we will be the ones discussing particular issue areas. Of course, if they want to volunteer that to us or if they're really new, they want help focusing, we're happy to play um, play that role as a connector. And, you know, we, we've done that with, with clients for sure. But, you know, we, we are not a philanthropic advisor, but we've built a network over time and just a real interest in, in social good, again, going back to 20 years now and really seek to add value by connecting with, with experts like yourself and Foundation Source, Elizabeth. When you think about what might be overlooked in the philanthropic conversation or, and what you might want your clients to be thinking about, do any particular things come to mind? So I would say that what often goes overlooked, that there's not a need to identify as a philanthropist to, to do giving in a structured way. Mm-hmm. And even people who give some five or $10,000 a year, there's, there's opportunities to be strategic on tax planning, but also in in ongoing planning. And something that surprises me is 
or maybe it doesn't surprise me because of course there's there's a distinction between finance and and philanthropy but even philanthropic advisors you know people who are steeped in the field who've been do 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 the, the the work may not be aware of some of the opportunities and so that to me shows that there's there's a, a financial um, piece that is is getting overlooked that I think that we can add and then people think that philanthropy has to be done individually or as a, as a solo uh, solo endeavor. And there may not be that method for due diligence of grantee partners that we have in the financial capital markets, but there certainly is a robust philanthropic marketplace and a lot of philanthropic advisors to help someone build out their philanthropic portfolio and their philanthropic legacy. We've talked or touched upon um, this question in different ways throughout our conversation, but I wonder if we could sort of end in a way, or almost end in a way, um, with talking about what philanthropy has added to to your practice or or that of ensembles, um, sort of company wide. What role does philanthropy play um, for you and the firm? Yeah, I would love to share about that. So I talked about one of the primary ways is really integrating this charitable plan, financial plan, investment plan. I think the secondary way I touched on a little bit, but is just further promoting the philanthropic sector as a whole. So although our clients have philanthropic and non-philanthropic assets, it's still part of their overall, you know, they have an influence over both of those assets. That philanthropic capital is in the public domain, but we want to help them build awareness on that. And so as a couple of approaches, just as a connector, which I'd see ourselves as a philanthropic concierge. So not so much as a big wealth advisory firm might have one or two people that focus on the tax elements of of, of charitable giving and charitable planning. What we on our team, we all seek to be conversant in philanthropy. And so we can assist with addressing who the client talked to and partner with and, and how to get things done. So that's through, you know, a network of philanthropic relationships. A lot of that was cultivated through the Tactical Philanthropy blog, which Sean, our now CEO and CIO, began writing about the expansion happening in the philanthropic markets in the early 2000s and dubbed that the second wave of philanthropy. So... I, for me, I then was was brought in at the firm for my own experience, both serving in the social sector at a nonprofit and also helping investors interested in social social impact. And so one of the things that we have, have done as a firm, and I feel like this has added to the practice, is that the year that I joined, we launched our first philanthropy conference, which is also called Tactical Philanthropy, Continuation of the Blog an afternoon event for our clients. And as you know, Elizabeth, from being one of our featured panelists, we're not talking about financial markets, um, you know, at all. And and Sean is Ensemble's um, CEO acts as moderator. And we just, again, we want to provide this day of access to, you know, rock star philanthropic professionals like yourself to be bringing ideas, um, helping answer questions. Some clients are, you know, don't necessarily have, um, they may be doing it alone, and so they may feel somewhat siloed or isolated. So we like to be able to offer that exposure to uh, to the broad the broad philanthropic sector. And I guess I might add, just as a as a practice, if I may add, <laughs> please. 
as as a practice, you know, we Ensemble Capital also developed a social impact fund. And we have rotate a committee at the firm every year, and it's a joint giving endeavor. We select one high impact grantee um, per year, and, and that's funded by a percent of, of our, um, our revenue. And we also instituted employee matching. So all of our employees also get to take advantage of really cool causes. So it's just been a continual growth expansion at Ensemble in terms of the practice. I really appreciate that Ensemble Capital is walking the walk. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, we, we really aim to be uh, hands-on and go in depth. Fantastic. Well, this is sort of the fun part of our conversation, um, mm -hmm. in addition to the last part of our conversation. <laughs> uh, we have a lightning round of, of questions for you. So off the top of your head, what are three adjectives you would use to describe the philanthropic sector? Ooh, philanthropic se sector. I will go with uh, agile, powerful, and humble. I don't know if I need to explain all of those. But that's what first came to mind. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> What is the greatest misconception about philanthropy? Mm -hmm. I've, I've alluded to it. I think that philanthropy is something that needs, that's done solo, that philanthropy is a solo endeavor. I, I wonder if that's rooted in you know, the history of philanthropy in the country. I'm not sure, but in any case, that's a misconception because, um, People like learning from each other and just going back to to being humble. I think there's there's a lot of societal um, challenges and that will require a lot of cooperation and really networks coming together in, in this ecosystem. So you don't have to go it alone. That's right. That's right. You don't have to go it alone. Well said. <laughs> in 10 words or less, what advice would you offer to someone new to philanthropy? Mm -hmm. So I would say, oh gosh, okay, I'm actually might have to count my words. Oh, um, I'm not counting. Just okay. so you know. All right. <laughs> All right. Consider current, future, and legacy giving in your investment time horizon. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> well, Shilpa, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I'm sure we could continue to talk for hours um, on this topic. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I have too. It was great talking with you, Elizabeth. And I I just want to say that, you know, in preparation for the conversation, you know, we all we work as a team. And so I was just gathering and collating our all of our various stories across our advisory team. I didn't even have a chance to share those today, but I have probably about 25 stories for our next conversation examples. But um, in, any, in any case, I just want to thank you for all the work you're doing. And I noticed in the, the latest foundation source report that, you know, your foundations are granting out more than their minimum level. And I, um, we know that's a testament to the suite of, of tools that you all, you all are providing. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you to our audience for joining the foundation source podcast series. Be giving. 
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Be Giving with Foundation Source. We hope you found our discussion enlightening, entertaining, and thought-provoking. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an update. We appreciate your support. And if you could take a moment to leave us a review, it would mean the world to us. Your feedback helps us improve and bring you content that matters most to you. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. Join us on Facebook, Instagram, X, or LinkedIn to share your thoughts, suggest future topics, and connect with fellow listeners. We love hearing from you and building a vibrant community around the ideas we explore. To learn more about Foundation Source, you can visit our website, foundationsource.com. And together, let's be giving.